Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everybody. <clears throat> I hope you can hear me good. Is it good? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can you all hear me well? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, um, for the past four weeks, we've been treating a series on faith. And um, the theme is what they saw. So, we're analyzing what the patriarchs of faith saw that strengthened their conviction in God. And our anchor scripture you know is found in hebrews 11. Um, let us pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for this evening thank you for this precious people who took time out of their schedule to listen and pay attention to your word <clears throat> i pray lord that you speak through my mouth and minister directly into their hearts in the name of the lord jesus i pray tonight that your word will go forth like a double-edged sword and it will transform us deep within our souls. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right. So we, we started out by reading Hebrews chapter 11 and um, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen verse 2 it says for by faith the elders obtained a good report now the good report here uh, like we taught last week about Enoch it says and Enoch walked with God and it was no more for God took him right so the good report of Enoch was that he walked with God and it was only by faith that he could serve a God that could not be seen by the naked eye. Hallelujah. We talked about Abel. Amen. How he offered an excellent sacrifice by faith. Hallelujah. Tonight we'll be talking about Noah. Noah is a descendant of Enoch. Now, culture, right? At, at that time, the, the, the world was still speaking one language. It was after the flood, right? Um, a few generations after the flood right that um that you know the Torah of babel existed and so on and so forth right and then the world began to speak multiple languages right um but i want you to know let me start by establishing this that culture is transmitted through language right so how you know abel was able to understand right sacrifice was because his parents taught him Many of the things we know today are as a result of we being schooled informally by our parents and even by the community that we found ourselves in, particularly for Africans. You know, I mean, I could paraphrase a common saying that an, that an average African child is raised by the community he lives in. Hallelujah. 
right? And so, you know, culture is passed through language. Now, Noah, being the descendant of Enoch, right, will make us understand because Enoch gave birth to Methuselah, who gave birth to Lamech, who gave birth to Noah, right? And then, I mean, in the Bible, it will, it will read this way. And Enoch begat Methuselah, who begat Lamech, who begat Noah. Hallelujah. Right? So tonight, we'll, we'll go into this teaching just to establish, right? Because the reason I mentioned this was I wanted you to see that there was a correlation with Noah's work with God that Enoch had because Enoch was his great-grandfather, which means that Enoch passed down, right, or was able to at least mentor his great-grandson in walking with God, though Enoch only walked, spent 365 years on the earth. Noah eventually went on to live as old as 950 years old. He was 601 years old when the flood began, or he was 600 years old when the flood began, and, you know, he marked it's amazing you know if you have to do cakes for someone who is 600 years old how many cakes would you have to do right hallelujah praise the living jesus right the bible says it says in hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 it says by faith noah being warned of god of things not seen as yet moved with fear he prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith which means that which means that Enoch qualified to be a an heir of righteousness because he walked by faith the bible makes us to understand in the book of habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 that the just and and, and the second part of, of, of verse 4 that's verse 4b it says the just shall live by his faith Hallelujah. Now, let's now go to the portion of scripture that captured Noah's story. This can be found in Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 7. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter... Let's, cha let's start from chapter 6 so that you have a little understanding of the backstory. Last week, we talked about the fact that Enoch was like the first evangelist. Amen? Enoch was the first evangelist. And uh, he preached about, you know, you know, God was going to destroy the earth because there was great sin. Um, um, the angels who abandoned their, their first estate began to make love uh, to the daughters of men and then began to create or procreate giants known as Nephilims. And, you know, all sorts of atrocity and all sorts of sinful acts and doings were propagated over the earth hallelujah and because of that god re regretted within his heart the bible says in the book of genesis chapter 6 which is where we are reading from and verse 6 it says and it repented the lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him him at his heart and the lord said i will destroy man whom i have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repented me that i have made them in other words god changed his mind god was wrought that he made man because man began to misbehave you know on a very large scale but the bible goes on to record in verse 8 of genesis chapter 6 it says but noah found grace in the eyes of god of the lord noah found grace in the eyes of the lord hallelujah noah found grace 
Noah found grace. Grace and mercy are two different sides of the same coin. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, For we have not a high priest who is not bruised by our infirmities. It now says, Therefore, let us come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. In other words, mercy is a subset of grace, which means that grace produces mercy. Right? And mercy and grace, uh, mercy is essentially God's help, while grace is unmerited favor. In other words, mercy and grace in certain contexts used in scripture could be referred to as God's help. Are you following what I'm saying here? Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 6 says that, But Noah found grace in the eyes of God, which means that God, as much as he was angry with man, still intended to preserve you know, a godly race that would come from Noah because Noah walked with God. Are you following what I'm saying here? Because Noah walked with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that Noah found grace in God's sight, which means that holding on to God's word qualifies you for God's mercy. Holding on to God's word regardless of what is happening around you, qualifies you for God's grace. Now, the Bible says that it is by grace that we are saved through faith. That is, because we believed and we spoke, that is confessing, right, uh, and we believed, rather, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of God for our sins and for our sake, grace was made available to adopt us to become heir of heirs of salvation. In other words, because Noah believed in a God that created the earth, who and he determined and acknowledged that this God was worth serving, it qualified a release, or it qualified him for a release of God's grace. God determined that as much as he was going to destroy the earth by a flood, he was going to help Noah and preserve his seed. Are you following me tonight? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The next verse of, of, of chapter 6 and verse 8 of the book of Genesis, the Bible records that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. That sounds a lot like his great-grandfather, Enoch. Noah walked with God, which means that in everything he did, there was God as his ulterior motive. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Walking with God is acknowledging God in everything you do. Acknowledging God in everything that you do is how to walk with God. So you are going to embark on a project that costs $100,000 and you have about $3 million in your account. I know, common sense will tell you that ah, the project is $100,000. I have to make $3 million. Let me just pay for this thing. I mean, they've sent you the, the, the bill. You've seen everything. Uh, I know I can pay for this. They've sent you all the business plans and all that. But would you ask God that God do you think I should invest in this? Though the numbers you know, are right, do you think I should invest in this? That is how to walk with God. Oh. That is how to obtain favor. That is how to obtain grace and mercy in the eyes of God or from God. How we do that 
is simply by acknowledging God in everything we do. Hallelujah. It says, and, in, and, and Noah, rather, walked with God. So it was not just Enoch who walked with God. Noah also walked with God. Why? How? By acknowledging, everything, by acknowledging God in everything that he did. And by acknowledging God, it doesn't mean that you now become spiritually weird. That you go to the toilet and you're asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, do I go to the toilet or not? No, that, does, that makes absolutely no sense. Things like, you know, where should our children go to? Your children, right, you want to apply for a new school, maybe their primary school. Yes, you can afford it, but ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, should my children go to this school? I mean, because you actually gave me these children. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 127, it says, children I give from God. So, as a parent that you are, you are a custodian, right, on behalf of God, stewarding the lives of these children. So, God entrusts children into your hand on his behalf. If you are a pastor or you are a minister of the gospel or you are a disciple or you are a mentor to somebody, before you begin to advise people, advise people as they are telling you their problems, the first thing you do is you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what should I ask them? Holy Spirit, what do I pray about? How do I counsel this person? How do I pray for this person? Help me. This is not be, see, look, as a Christian, you don't counsel people from your experiences because chances are, right, I mean, experiences are good. They help to encourage people. But what really transforms people is an inspired, is an inspired tongue. And that is what utterance is. Inspired speech from the Holy Spirit. Are you following me tonight? So, so when someone comes to counsel you and, and as a person is telling you, oh, you know, this is what happened to me, you know, I lost, you know, uh, a loved one or I did this, I lost some money. As the person is talking, you're saying, Holy Spirit, please inspire my tongue. I know you want to help this person and you've brought this person to me. Tell me what to say. I don't want to assume that I know what to say. Holy Spirit, quicken my mind, my mind to think. Quicken my tongue to speak. Let this person hear God in what I am saying. Let them see you in my eyes and, and please reach out to them through my heart. This is how to live a godly life. Your friends tell you, come on guys, let's go to the beach, let's just hang out. And then just before you step out, you, you ask yourself, Holy Spirit, do you think I should go? And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, 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 go, but take your Bible along. I remember there was a time I was going to Oshobo for a friend's wedding. I was going for a friend's wedding. We were going to, you know, wedding, you know, <laughs> you know, eat and, you know, laugh and take pictures and pray for them and all that. The Holy Spirit said, take your Bible with you. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, wait. It's a wedding we are going for. There is no revival happening there. No crusade. He said, take your Bible. I said, okay, no problem. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, before you get, because it was a public bus I was taking, right? Um, um, I was in Ife. The, the wedding was in Oshobo, so it was like a 30-minute, uh, uh, 40-minute um, commute from where I was to where I needed to be. And, and the Holy Spirit said, take your Bible. And then as I was leaving the house, the Holy Spirit said, wait. When you get to the bus, you will sit at the front. Somebody will be sitting there already. I was like, uh, all right, let's go. And, and so I got to the bus, and lo and behold, the front seat was vacant. The bus was nearly f filled, right? And then there was someone sitting, right, in the front seat. So I joined him, right? And I sat. And, you know, the bus started. We, we, we began to move. And about 10, 15 minutes into the trip, the Holy Spirit said, you see this, this person sitting by your left? I said, yes. He said, preach to him. And when he receives me, give him the Bible. I said, uh, all right. And then I began to realize that 
that, that the man did not understand English or Yoruba. And so that was the first time that I would preach the gospel, right, in Pidgin, pure Pidgin. It was the hardest thing I ever did. <laughs> Thinking about it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was hard. But it was, it was, it was amazing, right? I was like, guy, half an hour, half an hour. How you doing now? Uh, again, one thing I won't follow you talk. Again, one man with, you know, I, there were, I, I was, I can't remember what I was saying because as far as I'm concerned, all I was doing, I was rambling. And finally, the guy opened up to me that he wants to give his life to Christ, but he's scared of his father's curse and all. And then we prayed, we said a simple prayer. You know, there was, a, there was an elderly woman behind my back who was kind of like giving me a thumbs up, like, yeah, way to go, guy. You know, and then I handed the Bible over to him right and then and then he was blessed what am i trying to say that you cannot live you cannot afford to live your christian life without being led by the spirit of god if you turn your bible to the book of romans chapter 8 verse 14 romans chapter 8 verse 14 i'll quote it from you from my heart it says for those who are led by the spirit they are the sons of god he said those who are led by the spirit they are the sons of god in other words your proof of sonship is not that you are a christian that God is your personal Lord and Savior. It's not that you can pray in tongues. It is that you are led by the Spirit. How we know that you are in faith or that you have faith towards God or that you have the faith of God is by the kind of works that you do. Apostle James says, he says, faith without works is dead. In other words, he was saying that we will know that you are in faith by the type of works that you do. And you can only do certain types of work if you are, if you are led. If you are led. If you are led. Are you with me here tonight, people? Are you with me here tonight? The most important thing you can teach a believer, or even a non-believer, if, if, the most important thing you can teach a non-believer is to get saved. After he gets saved or she gets saved and they become Christians, the next most important thing you can teach anybody is to hear God. How to hear God in everything that you do. That is like the most important thing that you can hear God. I mean, we, we started worship school this year. The worship school has closed. We're going to be opening um, um, registration for the next worship school. Don't worry, it is absolutely free. And we talked about three things. Walking with God, working with God, and waiting on God. And in all those three classes, we talked about hearing God. Hearing God through prayer, through Bible study, right? And so on and so forth. Hearing God. Is the most look some of the bad decisions that you made in life could have been averted if you only took some minutes of your time to just wait on God and say, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? I think it's good, but you know better than me. Because many of us, we Christians, we shout, you know, you know, ah, I have the mind of Christ, I have the mind of Christ, but the Holy Spirit that was in you has had the mind of Christ longer than you have been alive. So listen to him. I mean, you say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. But you're still failing in school. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. But you're still, but you're still making bad deals and losing money in investments. Ah, invest 10K and in two weeks you get 500K. How? But because of greed, we will not even bother praying. Ah, a guy comes to toast you. The guy has, you know, a Range Rover Velar, 2021 model. Hallelujah, glory to God. He has a house in Banana Island, seven-bedroom duplex, you know, all prim and proper. He has a bass voice, you know. I mean, I don't have a baritone voice. But, I mean, he's good-looking, tall, dark, and handsome, you know, body-built. As in, he's very, as in, he's, he's, oh, no. The guy is take-home. And the guy comes and says, hey, baby, how you doing? Um, I, I observed you walking down the road and, and, and the, don't let me, don't let me, don't let me. But you have, you, you understand what I'm trying to say? 
and the guy comes and sweeps you off your feet and you remain in the air and you don't even consider that you should ask the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit this guy is fine but what do you think? look many of the bad decisions we made could have been averted if we only asked God and look God is one is more willing to answer your questions faster than you're willing to ask them so dear Christian what is your problem why do we always have to make a mistake first before we now turn to God and say ah that's true I have the Holy Spirit look as I speak to you, I speak to myself. I've made bad business decisions because I did not pray about it. I've made poor Christian decisions because I did not pray about it. I've gotten myself in trouble because I did not ask God for help. I started asking God for help when, when the push already came to shove. When I was already in the middle of it, that's when I said, Holy Spirit, have mercy. And yes, you know, the Holy Spirit you know, gets merciful with us many times and then he still helps us. But as you mature in your Christian journey, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit expects you to be in sync with Him a hundred percent. One hundred. Are you following me tonight? And so, in chapter 6 of Genesis, right? And verse 9. And then the Bible records that that you know Enoch um, that Noah walked with God. Right? And verse 11 i'm jumping to verse 11 it says now the 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 whole earth was corrupt before god and the earth was filled with violence you know and so on and so forth and then if you jump to verse 13 it says and god said unto noah the end of all flesh has come before me remember i told you last week that enoch was the first evangelist in the bible if you read according to the book of jude where he was warning people about the destruction that was to come then noah now came and said the end and, and god said to noah he said look the end of all flesh has come before me your great father your great grandfather preached to these people and i gave them three generations to repent and they did not repent now in your generation i'm going to destroy the earth it says for the earth is filled with violence god was talking to noah it says for the earth was filled with violence through them and behold i will destroy them with the earth in other words every time man sins earth responds so this global warming that we are that we are doing is because man has been irresponsible with his duties right to 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 nature every time man sins nature is affected check it sodom and gomorrah they sinned ah, fire and brimstone came every time man sins nature is affected are you with me here tonight then god went on to say in verse 14 of genesis chapter 6 it says make thee an ark of gopher wood i hope i pronounced it right is it gopher or gopa gopher right make thee an ark of gopher wood rooms shall that make in that ark and thou shalt pitch it within and without you know that to pitch means like um you know this black resin that you that that we used to coat to what to to waterproof and certain things like if you're in construction I, I have a background in construction so when you're building a flat roof that is made up of concrete you pour um bitumen on it right so you melt it so it's like black peach it's like resin so you so that when rain falls on it the, the concrete does not absorb water it just runs off it so god told noah he said coat the entire peach and now 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 i mean there, there are three major ways that the hebrews understand the word of god in fact there are actually four 
right? But but there are about three, you know, um, the Midrash and all that. Don't worry, I won't, I won't say all the Hebrew names. Let me just um, explain it for you in English. The first way is the literal way of understanding the Bible, where you interpret what as what you read according to what was written. God says, let there be light, let there be light. It's not of your business whether it is um, 60 watt light or 100 watt light. It's just said that there was a light. I mean, so, literal. There is the figurative way of, 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 of understanding the Bible, how sometimes the Bible right, um, 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 speaks in figurative forms where, where he might be saying things like, um, oh, Holy Spirit, right? He, he, it, might, it might just be giving an allusion to something. And then because, and David used that a lot in the book of Psalms, figurative expressions. The third way is an allegory. Usually, you know, a parable or a story. Jesus used that a lot where he will use a story to explain a, ki- a kingdom principle. And then the fourth way of understanding the Bible is by, prof- is, is, is by revelation, rema, right? Which the Holy Spirit breathes upon you, right? For want of time, I will not explain those four. But the reason I'm saying, the reason I said those four things is because of what I want to explain in chapter 14. Now, many theologians actually um, um, give an allusion or, or they give, um, um, you know, sometimes the Bible is written in types and, and, and symbols. Um, um, typology just simply means that when something is being explained in the Bible, it could mean something um, in, in an eternal perspective, right? How sometimes, let me give an example, how, you know, Isaac you know, being sacrificed by Abraham was a type and shadow, right, of Jesus being crucified on the cross many thousand years, uh, you, know, you know, a few hundred or a thousand years, you know, later, right? So that's typology, all right? Now, so when God told Noah to make an ark, it was a symbolic representation of Jesus, of, of Jesus, of Jesus Christ, you know, being the body of Christ, and now, when God asked him to pitch it within and without, that is to put a waterproof coating, you know, black pitch, you know, resin, or, you know, what you, whatever you can call that, that he used to, you know, waterproof the building. That was an example, or a typology, rather, of the atonement by the blood. Because the blood of Jesus waterproofs us from destruction. It, and it ensures us against damnation. The blood of Jesus is an atonement for our sins. In other words, when destruction is befalling the earth, the Bible says when you see the, the abomination that causes desolation, if you're on the mountaintop, do not come down. The blood of Jesus puts us on the mountaintop away from the destruction that, 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 that befalls humanity. All right. I just need you to understand that. So verse 14 of Genesis chapter 6, it says, And God told him, can you see how precise God is? The Bible says that the Spirit of God speaks expressly. Look, look, if you are a Christian, look, if you spend time waiting on God as a Christian, you should have details about things that will come. Now, I'm not speaking this from, from, my, from a high horse, right? Because even mature Christians sometimes miss God when he speaks. How do I know that? Prophet Samuel was coming to anoint the next king of, of Israel. God told him to go and anoint the next king of Israel. And he entered into Jesse's house. And he said, surely this is the king. He missed David like three, four times. Oh, that is the legendary prophet Samuel that never misses. Are you following what I'm saying here? So yes, we make mistakes. So I'm not trying to tell you like as though you know, you're always going to get it right. No, sometimes you might make mistakes. But if you do, don't beat yourself up. Learn from your mistakes and move. Are you following me tonight? Good. 
right? So as a Christian, determine that you're going to get precise instructions about everything. That you're going to get precise instructions about everything. You're going to get precise. And look, God will speak to you in 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 a myriad of ways. So we don't determine how God speaks to us. But we can ready ourselves that whenever or whichever way he decides to speak, we will catch. God can speak to you through dreams, through visions, through, he can send angels to you like Daniel. It's not compulsory, but he can. His medium of communication is up to him. The medium of reception is up to you. God can speak to you in an audible loud voice. Um, but the most, the most um, um, common way as a believer that he speaks to you is through the witness of the Spirit of God in your heart. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you might wake up one morning and don't even feel anointed. You don't feel the goosebumps. But you just know that you know within your heart that you are a child of God. And so God began to give Noah details. He says in verse 15, he says, and, 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 and this is the fashion which thou shalt make it, the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it shall be 50 cubits, the height of it shall be 30 cubits, a window shall thou make to the ark, and God began to give him specification. Specification. Look, for that your business, God can write your business plan with you. He says, okay, you don't need $500,000 to actually build this business. You need like $250,000. All right. Then you do this. The first tranche, you get it here. You do this. All right. Don't yet do sponsored art until you have done like two, two months of traction. Then you do. Th the Holy Spirit can give you details. Oh, I remember when I was a student in Obafemi Aulon University, I already had a couple of F's in my name. I'd already failed. I was a brilliant student. I still am. Yeah. Right. But I got lazy in my part three or so. I was one of the, you know, highest in my faculty at the time. In fact, I was the highest when it came to um, um, drawing, um, technical drawing, you know, building, you know, construction management, you know, and structural engineering. You know, I, I was the highest in the faculty. But then I, my activities became so much, I became lazy. I would start reading only when there was deadlines. And so, so I failed. So it's not like, like, you know, there are sometimes that lecturers will come and mean you and say, oh, okay, because of something, something, they're going to fail you. You know, you know how you know, it can be in Nigeria sometimes, right? But I actually failed because I was unserious. I had a couple of Fs in my name. So I already had enough of it and I was, I was working with the Holy Spirit by then. I said, Holy Spirit, it was my fault I failed. I acknowledge it's my fault I failed. I will redo the courses in my extra year. But Lord, these remaining exams, I need you to help me. You helped Daniel. You helped Daniel you gave him wisdom. You helped Solomon. Lord, give me wisdom. I'm going to read, but at least point me in the right direction. Open my eyes. I remember there was an exam that I had two days, right? The, two days before the exam. And I started asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm here again. We both know that I'm going to fail. Look, the, the Holy Spirit has love, sincerity. And I said, Holy Spirit, we both know that I'm going to fail. We both know that I'm going to fail. But I ask you that you help me. And then as I began to pray, there was peace in my heart. And then I just heard within my spirit, turn to page 52 or thereabout. And then I did. And he says, read this example and solve it. Ah. I said, okay. The example was very simple. But in my mind, I was like, you know how exams can be now. Ah. In class, in the classroom, they can tell you one plus one is two. But in the exam, they tell you one square of two square plus five square divided by four square. And then they are telling you to find the binomial expression of whatever, whatever. You know how it can be? I said, Holy Spirit, this thing is too simple. They can't ask it. But in my mind, I was like, well, since I didn't know anything, let me just quickly read it. Right? And then I read it. And then I read it till like about midnight. And then the Holy Spirit told me to sleep. And then I slept. It was weird. 
And then I felt a hand tap me at around 6 a.m. and said, now go back and revise those things that, I, that you read, which I did. And I got into the exam all. And it was the exact question, word for word, number for number. <laughs> I wrote it smiling. That was not the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time the Holy Spirit would do that for me when in my BSE, even in my master's, when I'd be gone. I didn't know what to do. A man who walks with the Spirit of God is somebody who does not lean on his understanding. No. Even if you think you know, ask him. Even if when you have the money to spend, ask him. Many times we only ask the Holy Spirit for projects when we are broke, not when we have money. When we have money, we don't, we don't remember the Holy Spirit. When we have read all our books, we don't remember the Holy Spirit. Look, I, I need to jump, but I just needed to hammer those points in. Verse 22, the Bible now records, says, thus, it says, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. In other words, he did not just hear the Holy Spirit, or he, didn't, he did not just hear God and receive his instructions, he did it. Many Christians, I mean, we say that Jesus is our Lord and our personal Savior. Actually, Jesus, to many Christians, Jesus is their Savior, but he's not their Lord. In other words, God cannot tell people what to do, and they will do it successfully. Because we will come up with so many excuses why we can't do that. And as I speak to you, I speak to myself also. Noah did everything. And mind you, Noah did not build the ark by the beach. He did not build the ark on water. He built it on dry land. And he was living in a profane, perverted region. Right? Well, look, when you follow God... How we actually know that you are following God is that people will turn to you and call you foolish. And that is why the Bible says that the wisdom of God is the foolishness of men. Look, you, when you follow God, people, look, many of, the reason many of us do not want to obey God is because we do not want to be scorned and abused by people. We are afraid, we are so afraid of persecution that it makes us lose out on God's agenda for our lives. Because somewhere within our mind, in a subliminal thought, we are saying, what will men say? What will my family say? What will people say? What would my, would my wife or my husband or my family members or my friends or my colleagues at work say? God tells you, empty your account and go and sow it to that ministry. You say, hey, where will I eat from? What will I do? God tells you, leave that job and wait on me for the next instruction. I'm like, ah, God, what's going on? There was a woman, a banker, a strong banker, God told her to quit her job and go and sell tomatoes. Many of us, if we hear that voice, we will, we will rebuke that voice. And so she did, because she, I think she was, she was, she was, not, she, she was, she was way above middle-level management. So she was somewhere between middle-level management and senior-level management. She left that job. And God told her, oh yeah, begin to bring in tomatoes from, from Kaduna. And then sell them to Idris, package them. Of course, because she's a banker, she will not just sell tomatoes the way people at my 12 are selling, you know, tomatoes. Right? So she, so she got that, she packaged it, you know, and did that and presented it. She built her first house on tomatoes. Because God said. And she did. The reason prophecies are hanging over our lives and they don't seem to come to pass, is because attached to every prophecy is an instruction. Attached to every word that God gives us is an instruction. If you don't do it, you will not, you will not see the miracle. Behind many miracles are instructions. Jesus, after molding the eyes of the man through the sun and putting his eyes and spat on his eyes, God told him to go, Jesus told him to go and wash. Elosa, if that man did not wash that eye, he will not see you. Mary told the servant, said, whatever he tells you to do, do. 
Are you following what I'm saying here? And then you told them, you told them, we are going to pour water inside the inside the inside 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 the clay pots and all that. And the Bible records that as they were pointing and they were drawing it out, it became wine. If you don't do what God is telling you to do, how 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 be it foolish it may seem in your ears, you will not see the power of its accomplishment. God will not do His part if you don't commit to doing yours. Enough of you know sitting down waiting for people to prophesy breakthrough over prophesy breakthrough over. Do you know how many heads that Baba Debu has laid hands on? That it looks like they still have not have not made it. Why? Because attached to every word of prophecy. It's divine instruction. Because even if you get that blessing, because you do not go, you do not go with instruction, you will lose it. Because whatever you do not go through the process to get, you will not have the power to keep. Ask Yahoo boys. Ask them. So as I was saying, the reason many of us are scared to, to obey God is because we do not want to face persecution. And then the Bible records that Noah did everything. Look, the, 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 the study of Noah. Right, remember um, 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 the, the Enoch, when I talked about Enoch, I said that the entirety of Enoch was that Enoch saw God's mercy and evangelized it. The, the, the central theme, talking about Noah, is, is, is walking closely to God. When Jesus said, give us this day, when Jesus said, give us this day, our daily bread, Jesus was not joking, no. Jesus was not reciting a poem for us to be reciting to, 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 for, for, for religious purposes. Oh. Bread is the word. Every day you must hear from God. You must, I mean, you live in the same house with God. The Holy Spirit lives within you now. Your house is the body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you live in the same house. How can you live in the same house with your father and not hear from him? How? How can we live in the same house and not hear from our father? How can you be a Christian and not hear from God? When you are not a bastard. When your father is not dead. How? Are you following me here tonight? Every morning you must wake up and say, Holy Spirit, <laughs> what do you have for your boy today? What do you have for your daughter today, Lord? Holy Spirit. I mean, I learned how to pray for my grandmother. She'll be talking to the Lord at night, around 10 p.m. And then she'll be asking, Lord, how was your day? Hope we did not give you so much problems as, as humans. My grandmother, I learned how to pray. I mean, I learned how to pray non-religious prayers for my grandmother. It was then I realized that the Holy Spirit had emotions. It was then I realized the Holy Spirit and, and, and God, right, 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 was a person. She talked to him. In Yoruba, of course. And I should say, Etiawano, I mean, let, let me just speak the English variant of it. I says, Lord, come. I was studying the book of Psalms today. And this was my guess about it. I'm not so sure about it, but what do you have to say? And then she will pause. I usually I like I like visiting her, or I like when she comes to visit. And she visits my parents, and then I go over to my parents, and then I sit by the door at the, at, at night time, just listening to her pray. It's therapeutic. Good God. And then she begin to ask. She said, "I was reading this in the book of Psalms because the book of Psalms is like a favorite portion of scripture." And then she, "What what were you trying to say here? What was King David going through?" And then she will pause. For a few minutes, and then she say, "Eh, Mosono." In other words, "Eh, I said so. I knew it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir." And then she begin to intercede for people. Look, look. Prayer is 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 an organic relationship that you have with God. It's not just I believe I receive. It's not just give me, give me, give me. It's not just you know making tremendous power available. It is an actual relationship that you are building with God, and you cannot do that without prayer. 
Are you following what I'm saying here? Apostle Paul says that we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, there are two ways to walk. Either you walk and govern your life by the stock market or you govern your life by the, by the Holy Spirit. The Bible records in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. I already read it, but I want to read it from the Passion's translation. It says, faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, from the Passion's translation. It says, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming. If you are walk, How we know you are working with faith is that your heart, your heart will be open to receive revelation all the time from God. Are you with me? Are you with me? Then if you read chapter 7, it says, And, God, and the Lord said to, to Noah, Come into the ark, right? And, and, and you know, and, and, you know for, for I have seen righteous, I've seen righteous before me. For you I have seen to be righteous before me in this generation. You know, and then he said, Okay, of all the clean beasts, bring this in, bring that one in, bring that one in, bring that one in. Then verse 16, right? And then he did all that, did all that, did all that. And then in verse 16, the Bible says, And the Lord shut him in. I want to end with this. And it, the, the earth was in a flood, or the earth was flooded, not for 40 days, old. it only rained for 40 days and 40 nights. It rained from heaven 40 days and 40 nights, and then the fountains of the deep were unlocked for 40 days and 40 nights. They were for 150 days, and for another 150 days, the other way. So in other words, sorry I'm, sorry I'm speaking so fast, but in, in other words, the earth was, was flooded for about 11 months, 10 to 11 months, thereabout. Yes. For about 10 to 11 months, the earth was flooded. But you know what was interesting? During those 10 months, it was amazing to see that the Bible did not record that God spoke to Noah. Now, this is another word to some people who you actually hear God, but it looks like you have not been hearing God in the last 3, 4, 5 months. And it's not like you are in sin. It's not like... Um, 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 you have backslidden. You go to church, you do it, but it looks like God is not giving you, like, you know, pastor, your pastor prophesied, and you're like, glory, yes, hallelujah, but, but you don't feel like it is you or your matter that, that is being addressed. And it looks like God has gone silent. And I thought to myself, 11, 10 to, 10 to 11 months, Noah was in the ark, and the, now, God could have spoken to him, but it didn't look like God spoke to him. For about 10, 11 months. Which means that you can be at the center of God's will and not hear God. And it does not mean that you're backsliding. Mm -mm. It does not mean that you're living in sin. Mm -mm. It doesn't mean that God is angry with you or displeased. Mm -mm. If you are that person, God told you to do something. I mean, in the army, when your commander-in-chief or your general or your superior officer gives a command and you have done the command sufficiently to a point but it looks like he does not you, you know i give you another command there is a saying in the army it says follow the commander's intent that is keep doing what he told you to do so if god told you to get another job or to leave your job and start a business and you've started a business and it looks like you cannot hear god keep doing what he told you to do follow your commander's intent Keep asking and keep praying, but keep doing it. Because in that thing, God is actually watching to see what you will do, whether you will drop the baton. Noah could have committed suicide. I hope you know that Noah and his family were the only people on the earth. God forbid, just imagine. All the seven point something billion people, just imagine for some reason or the other, they are no more on the earth and it's just you and your family. 
in one small chocolate room. I mean, the ark was actually big, but they couldn't go out to get fresh air. They couldn't Netflix and chill. They could not climb trees and hunt for apple or, or hunt for game. You know, they couldn't do nothing. They were just in one confined space for about 10 months. An average Christian will be depressed by then. What do you do when it looks like God's voice is a bit silent? And it's not like you're backslidden. Stay on course. Stay on course, people. Stay on course. We're living in dark days. We're praying in the spirit is required more than ever before. We don't just pray to make tremendous power available so that people can know we're anointed because we're laying out on the sick and then we post it on YouTube for the whole world to see. No. We pray to stay alive. Dr. Jesse Duplantis says, he says, prayer is the Christian's breath. Prayer is how we stay alive unto God. Prayer is how to stay alive. How we stay alive unto God. Are you following what I'm saying here tonight? That's what happens when we pray. You are studying the word. You are praying. It looks like your business is not making progress. Stay with God. It looks like, I mean, you have been married for a few years. I mean, I mean you have been praying for, you have prayed, and it looks like there, there's no child. Stay with God. Stay on course. It looks like nothing is coming out of your business. Everybody's already asking you, are you sure you're not going to take another job? Stay on course. Don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel. My brother, my sister, do not throw in the towel simply because you feel like God's voice is scarce. As long as you are doing the last thing he told you to do, keep doing it. Do not throw in the towel. The Bible says in the book of, of Hebrews and chapter 10, it says, For they that draw back my soul will have no pleasure in him. Do not throw in the towel simply because it looks like everything is stagnant. As long as you know that you are at the center of God's will, regardless of the storms that blow, stay on course. Guess what happened? After the waters receded, right, and then he sent a raven, sent a dove, you know, you, you know the whole story, right, and all that, and all that, and all that. The Bible says in, verse, in chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, And God remembered Noah. And then I was asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what do you mean that you remembered Noah? Wasn't Noah under your care and your protection before? What was going on? And then, and then now I'm speaking prophetically. The Holy Spirit told me. He said, when God flooded the earth, God turned his back. Because God did not really want to do it, but it had to be done. God, he says, and God turned his back. God, the Holy Spirit told me that. If you don't believe me, go and ask the Holy Spirit yourself. And, 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 it says, and God remembered Noah. Yet, God did not still speak to him. God did not speak to him. That was when he now began to send ravens and send doves and, you know, and all that and all that. Then the Bible now records in verse 15 of chapter 8. It says, it says, and God spake unto Noah, unto Noah, saying, go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and your sons' wives with you, and bring forth with you every living thing that is within and then he began to and then god blessed him it says and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. look if you walk consistently with god listening for everything that he tells you to do 
and even coping in times where it looks like you cannot hear him as long as you are doing what he told you to do last what will happen is that God will cause you by his grace to be fruitful he will cause you to multiply he will cause you to replenish the earth nobody hears God and works with God consistently and will remain broke uh-uh. no one I, I learned this from, from Dr. Bill Winston says nobody representing the kingdom of God should be broke you know why? Because every day you are in touch with the Lord. He's telling you what to do. He says, oh son, I don't like how you spoke to your, your employee the last day. Then when you resume work the next day, apologize to your employee. Because probably you did not know that the employee was the one bringing in most of the clients. He tells you, alright, increase this person's salary. Give these people bonus for Christmas. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And if you are an employee, he tells you, you know what? You, you, you didn't give your best enough last month. You This time you need to give your best. Make sure this company is profitable. Do this, do that. Treat this company like it was yours. And God will cause you to be fruitful. The reward of listening to God and working with God is fruitfulness. Those who are fruitful in the body of Christ are those who work with God are those who are abiding with God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, right? He says, he says, my father and I will come and make my home with you. And then he began to talk that he that bears fruit, I will prone to bear more. He that does not, look, to, for you to bear fruit, you need to abide in him. For you to abide in him, you need to work with him. For you to work with him, you need to ensure that you are in constant communion and fellowship with him. The moral lesson of our Noah story is that we must have a walk with God. What Noah saw was the bliss that accompanied walking with God. That was what Noah saw. First John chapter 1 verse 1 and I close. It says, That which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life, we make these things manifest to you. You will not handle God's promise. You will not be able to handle God's promise if you do not hear from Him, see from Him, and keep your eyes on Him. You will not. And like, and like I said, two paragraphs or three paragraphs ago, that those who are fruitful are those who hear from God. They are those who see from God. And they are those who look upon His promises. Those who are fruitful and they multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it are those people who have a solid and ongoing walk with God. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word that came out powerfully this evening. Lord, we repent from every way that we have not walked with you or that we have fallen short. Lord, we ask for your mercy and your, your grace to be super abundant right now upon everybody under the sound of my voice in the name of the Lord Jesus and that you grant us grace to obey you in everything that you tell us to do. Lord, I ask for the required patience it, patience it takes to wait upon you for everyone under the sound of my voice and everyone who will listen to this message. Thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. If you would like to give an offering, just write us an email or just look for how to reach out to us or look for our account number on the bio. We are using somebody's personal account until we are fully registered with the government. All right, thank you very much. Next week, we are going to be teaching about Abraham. It is going to be an exciting sermon, an exciting, exciting time in the presence of the Lord. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. God bless you. Amen and amen. <laughs>